This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Jason Park. Jason is the CEO at Impress Therapeutics. Jason, welcome to the show. JP, thank you for having me. So Jason, let's start with yourself, please, as we do with all of our guests. Could you give us an overview of your journey in technology from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and what's led you to where you are today as the CEO at Impress Therapeutics? I got started in biotech about 17 years ago. I'm a bioengineer and an immunologist by training. And 17 years ago, I helped spin out of technology out of Yale University. And I worked on nanoparticle drug delivery systems, which I think to the world currently, nanoparticles is what enabled the mRNA vaccines. Back then, I was using engineering principles to try to design better lipid nanoparticles and other nanoscale drug delivery technologies. And in fact, invented one such technology that went into the clinic. And over the last 17 years, I've been working on various aspects of scientific and entrepreneurial uh, efforts, starting companies, starting biotechs, especially over the last eight years here at Flagship Pioneering. And what led me to Empress was it, you can almost tie back to that initial experience of working with these complex therapeutic systems that you were applying engineering principles to and realizing you could take some of those same ideas of design, build, test, and apply them to scientific therapeutic discovery. You know, the reason I'm at Empress is we can do the same thing now for the best selling, most versatile type of medicine, small molecule medicines, chemistry, things that we think of when you typically think of medicines and you go to your pharmacy, you're usually thinking of, say, a pill, and that's usually chemistry. Thank you so much for that, Jason. It really does set the stage for what you're doing. I think it'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about flagship because within the biotech space, well-renowned, well-regarded organization who create lots of successful businesses. We've been fortunate enough to have several uh, flagship pioneering brands on the show previously. But for anyone listening to this episode who are not familiar with Flagship, can you tell us a, a little bit about Flagship? I think it's important just to give some uh, weight behind where Empress is spinning out of. The reason I came to Flagship in particular was, you know, this is about eight or nine years ago, I had been working with a number of biopharma companies. I'd worked with a number of global health companies. And of course, I've started a few companies of my own. And when I met Nubar Afan, the CEO founder of Flagship, when I met Doug Cole, one of the managing partners of Flagship and some others here, it stunned me to realize that these really interesting technology-based platforms, and when we say platforms, we mean companies that can produce multiple therapeutic products, things like Moderna, like Series Health, they all came from this one place, this one area where what people were doing, they were almost approaching science in a fundamentally different way than I had been trained as a PhD scientist. And, you know, one, one element of that is as a PhD, 
you know, what you're trained often to do is read all the literature, understand and master a, a given area of science or technology, and then propose incremental advances, something that builds on the existing knowledge and moves it forward and takes it in a new direction. And what the scientific process at flagship actually was to take big ideas and in some ways almost challenge that existing body of knowledge, that dogma and say, what if it weren't true? Or what if there was something to this picture that we were missing? If that was true, might that not lead to a whole bunch of new therapeutic ideas? And that just seemed like a really captivating way to think about science and an entrepreneurship and a way to build companies that could have outsized impact and value. Uh, so Jason, in your introduction to Empress, you talked about the focus of small molecule, which I feel in recent years has got a lot more attention. Can you go into some more detail into just how important the focus on small molecule research is and what that can mean for future therapeutics? Why has Empress focused on this area so specifically? If you take it from the perspective of patients and from society and from doctors and at the end of the day, what we're all trying to do is make medicines. We're trying to take molecules that when you have a disease and you go to a doctor, you ask, is there something I can take that will make me better? And you're not really thinking about what's a scientific innovation or what's a really cool technology here. You just want something, ideally, that you can take easily, that you can take in the comfort of your own home. And when you picture this like ideal medicine, um, you're thinking about maybe a pill that you could take every day that cures a disease or completely changes the course of a disease. And you can take this from the comfort of your home, but you don't have a reaction to it. If you happen to have a reaction to it, you can stop taking it and you can break the pill in half. There, there are all these benefits of what you would characterize as an ideal medicine, again, from the patient's perspective, from the physician's perspective, being able to give someone that. From the perspective of society, those tend to be uh, cheap and easy to make. And at the end of the day, everything I just described there, the chemistry, you know, and there's no, there's a reason why if you go back, this is still the best selling, most used type of medicines in our therapeutic arsenal. It's also, by the way, the class of medicines, the modality that we have the longest experience with as a human species. We started the pharmaceutical industry with chemistry and small molecule medicines. And the, the challenge up to now has been the discovery of a good small molecule medicine is unpredictable. It's haphazard. People talk in numbers and you may have heard this concept that if you look at combinations of about a hundred atoms that look roughly like what we think of as uh, chemical compounds that could be a medicine. There's something like 10 to the 60th potential combinations out there in nature. And you know, that's why a lot of these technology companies or a lot of current approaches, what they're doing is they're trying to increase the amount that you could possibly screen in order to increase the efficiency and the productivity of that process. Because it is, as I described, haphazard, not unpredictable. What Empress does, is we took a completely different approach to this. We said, if you could use the power of nature and evolution, if you could use the power of genetics, 
what you might be able to do is you might be able to make the discovery of good small molecule medicines a whole lot more predictable and therefore a lot faster, a lot cheaper, a lot less risky. And I can describe to you how we do that in particular, but at the end of the day, that's our mission. Make good medicines yeah. fast. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think let's go into the description of how you do it, because that's a nice segue into where AI comes into the fold. You and I were talking off air about the, the unique use of AI and how it's accelerated this research. So let's just jump straight into that. And for, for the audience listening who are not as familiar with the biotech space, it's a good opportunity to, to showcase AI for good. The way we use AI, I think is a little bit different than uh, if you've heard AI in small molecules, you might have this picture of using a computer to design a chemical compound. And we use AI actually in a completely different way. And the domain that we use AI in is based off this one fundamental insight, which is that we all know the central dogma. DNA encodes RNA, encodes proteins. Um, it turns out that there are certain proteins out there. They're called enzymes. And what they do is they catalyze chemical reactions. On enzyme, what it does is it takes a chemical compound and makes a predictable change to that compound, produces a different compound. And it turned out about six, seven years ago, you know, we realized that you could actually look at genetic pathways and genetic data and make predictions as to how groups of enzymes in that DNA would work together to produce very specific chemical compounds. So if you follow that, you know, what I'm describing effectively is there are lines of programming that exist in the code of life in DNA that encode instructions that tell cells how to make very particular chemical compounds. And so the way we use AI is towards that. We know AI, we've seen ChatGPT, we've seen many examples of this. We know AI is really good at working with languages and code. And that's effectively what we do. Inside the human body, there's 20 to 30 million genes. Beyond the 20,000 human genes, there's 20 to 30 million microbial genes that encode all these instructions to synthesize chemistry. And we use AI to read that DNA, to interpret it, and predict how certain chemical compounds are made, and more importantly, what they do inside the body as starting points for drugs. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. Jason, can you describe the, the team that you've assembled and that you're working with who are bringing this all together? Walk us through the, the last 12 months from when you first launched the business in a, in, a, in a public and official capacity to where you are now. And are there any standout milestones or any recent examples of early successes that speak to you? We'll start with, we'll start with the, the outputs, actually, the recent, uh, the recent successes, the milestones, because in a way, uh, the proof is in the pudding for what we're describing here, we were able over about a 12 month period of time to take some samples from the clinic, from people, from real people, actually from tens of thousands of people around the world and make some predictions as to chemistries that we thought might modulate the immune system. And we went from data to a drug lead 14 times, actually 15 times in about 12 months. 
And to drug hunters out there, the word drug lead has a very particular meaning. It's different from a drug hit. It means it's got certain properties like potency, like selectivity, like safety that we demonstrated in the lab, in animal models, in cellular systems. We demonstrate that these properties are in fact drug-likes. We have molecules that look like and act like drugs. And we didn't do it just once. We did it 14, 15 times. We did it across multiple types of targets, multiple types of diseases. So that's probably the most important starting point, JP, is to show that the technology platform works. We can actually generate drug products and we can do it extraordinarily quickly. And obviously to do that, there's some great people. I'll highlight a few of them. Our CSO, Murray McKinnon, he joined us from Yance, Johnson & Johnson, J&J, led discovery immunology at multiple large pharma companies, put 30 drugs into the clinic, helped develop blockbuster drugs that you've probably seen advertised, drugs like Stellara, Remicade, Trumphia. We have a head of computational biology who specializes in a particular form of machine learning called causal inference and causal discovery. We have a head of chemistry and drug discovery who was at Nimbus Therapeutics, a well-known drug discovery company. We have a head of biology who helped deconvolute targets and understand biological mechanisms at multiple companies, including Novartis, helped put an oncology drug, an important oncology drug on the market. And we have a head of platform who helped build Ginkgo's next-gen sequencing platform and worked at MIT. And of course, the chief innovation officer who not only was a co-founder of this company, but is thinking of all the different ways that this technology can apply to the future. Jason, you talked about going from data to clinical drug lead in rapid time. I think just to set the context of what you're able to do compared to how it used to be, can you give us some comparisons of just how fast and how impactful this is and what that can mean for Empress Therapeutics over the next 18 months to two years when you look at the roadmap of, of where you could impact on different therapeutics? Yeah. Again, starting with the patient, the ability to go from data to drug leads and specifically drug leads meaning things that look like they could go into the clinic. They look like real drug, potential drug products. The ability to do that in a year is really mean. And the ability to go from one disease or one indication and then turn the platform immediately to a different indication, because again, the input is just data, is really meaningful. And let me paint a picture for you. So if you're a patient, say you're suffering from colorectal cancer now, or pancreatic cancer, some really terrible diseases for which there aren't that many options out there. These are indications where we think our platform has real potential that we're looking at. And for patients who are waiting for therapeutics now, that means that we can turn our attention to that and potentially generate drug products quickly enough to matter for those who need it today. That's why that really matters. And so in the context of why is this a transformative change or why is this a step change, the way it's typically done, ever since we sequenced the human genome, we tended to think of genetics from the perspective of biology. If you've heard of things like GWAS or genetic association studies, and what we do is we look at healthy people, we look at diseased people, we compare their genetics, and we use that to identify genes and proteins that we think are causal of disease or causal in disease biology. 
And that informs a whole process where we identify a target, a mechanism, and then we start trying to make chemistry or drug molecules to go after that target or mechanism. And that process typically takes years. Even the process of discovering a new target can take years, JP. What Empress does is almost the opposite. We look at, we still use the same foundation. We still use genetics. Again, we use entire computational platform to look at nines of genes across tens of thousands of people, except what we're doing is we're using genetics to find chemistry that's already been made and tested by nature inside the human body. That's incredibly powerful because what we have in our hands at that moment is we have a potential drug product. We've got a molecule that looks like and acts like a drug. And for the first time, we've brought the capability to have a genetic association of that chemical compound to a particular indication. Jason, I want to finish the, the conversation, taking all the way back to the people. You're obviously speaking to an audience of AI and data professionals. And what you've highlighted here with Empress Therapeutics is an incredible way for AI to accelerate the impact of new drug discovery and treatments for all, a, a wide range of different therapeutics. But ultimately, you, you're going to need to continue to grow the business and bring in more talented individuals who can help you build and iterate on what you've already developed. Speaking to an audience of potential future employees, candidates who work in this space, when you're speaking to employees or potential employees of, of Empress Therapeutics, what is it that you tell them about the, the mission, the environment, the work, the team that gets them excited enough to join you guys over some of the other great opportunities available? I think a couple of things, JP. One is our mission. We look for people who are highly mission-oriented. and the idea that you can take a class of medicines that's widely used, that many, if you were picturing the ideal medicine, we're probably picturing something like a pill that you take easily once a day without many side effects. The ability to actually transform that proposition and really make drug products a whole lot faster. And by the way, to take all the advantages of evolution and nature and have that at your back in the process of discovering medicines, that's one of the things I think people find really captivating. There are no other companies that I'm aware of that are using this, are using genetics to find chemistry inside the body at starting points. And the second point that I tell them is there are very particular advances. Of course, data is a huge aspect of this, but there are very particular technological advances that they can bring to bear that we have developed in-house. These include things like natural language processing, predictive modeling, in a particular field of machine learning and statistics, causal discovery, causal inference. We say, these are new techniques, they're cutting edge, and we have the data now to be able to apply those. And you have the opportunity to merge those advances with real pharmacology, with real drugs, real drug-like molecules, and prove it out in the lab where it matters really, really quickly. That's what we think gets people excited. Jason, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Really, really appreciate you sharing your own journey, your background, and the origins of Empress Therapeutics with obviously the support of flagship pioneering. The space in which you're operating in is incredibly exciting. And from hearing what you've told us about Empress, it's clear that you guys are having success quickly and we can expect the, the fruits of your labor to, to be seen in, in, in drugs in near term. Speaking then to an audience of future employees, it sounds like a, a great time for, for people who are utilizing both 
AI computational sciences within the biotech space to join and help you along this journey. So we wish you, the team and, and everyone at Empress Therapeutics the best of luck in the months and years to come. And we look forward to having you back on the show. JP, it was an honor and a pleasure. And speaking to your audience, you know, we're always looking for great technologists to come and help us build this and make great medicines fast. So again, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.